0: Well, hello everyone to another episode of Troy Talks. Uh, I am excited about my uh, guest that I have now. Uh, she uh, is a very powerful woman. She's uh, for about 35 years, uh, she have explored human behavior and have asked tough, tough questions to discover hard truths. And that's very interesting. She believes in the power of fearlessness to create the career and the life that you want. Uh, as a mo- motivational speaker, uh, she's also a professional coach and the an author of The Fearless Factor and some, a few other books. Uh, and she, is, she has helped countless people become empowered, confident, and resilient. Uh, her work, it focuses on uh, leadership and leaders who will really dig into self-discovery, and, 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 and cause them to take accountability for their actions and responsibility for their decisions. Uh, she, uh, she challenges her, herself daily to be better. And she also challenges her clients to do the same by pushing boundaries and breaking through excuses to achieve maximum results. So I want to present to some and introduce to others my special guest, Jacqueline Wales the fearless factor at work. Jacqueline, thank you so much for this interview.
1: Very nice to be here, Troy. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, yes. So tell, tell me, what, what, what caused you to deal with fear? We know fear is one of those emotions, you know, anger, fear, uh, loneliness. What caused you to deal with this fear factor?
1: So it started in a very uh personal way with my own story and uh, i grew up in a household where like i wouldn't say many households but certainly a few households have this issue of violence alcoholism poverty you name it, it's the whole gamut of the stuff that holds people back from really exploring what they can be and, and do in the world. So I grew up with an awful lot of fear because my father was a violent alcoholic and I was the eldest of three. So I got a lot of what he had to offer. And so I, you know, my self-esteem and my self-doubt was, was pretty strong and that lasted for quite a few years and making lots of mistakes and going places that I shouldn't have been going and so on and so forth. So I understood fear very, very well. Um, And I also understood that fear, the emotion of fear, had kept me playing small, had kept me wrapped in my own uh, lack of confidence and my own lack of, of my own belief in who I could be. Uh, And it took a lot of therapy and a lot of coaching and a lot of of soul searching on my part to really start to break some of the the chains. So when I came into the coaching business, quite late in life, I was in my 50s, um, I I came because I was encouraged to talk about fear and to help people understand the emotion of fear. And it has evolved over the last 15 years into something quite significant with both the Fearless Factor and the Fearless Factor at work, plus all the programming and and everything else that I've created over the years.
0: Let me ask you this, because I I got some questions, a few questions I want to ask you. Do you think that if you hadn't had the experience with your father, you will be coaching people today about the fearless factor?
1: You know, it's hard to answer that one, Troy, I'll be honest with you. I mean, our life's uh, experiences uh, tend to create themes and you know, we, we show up for whatever uh, you know, the circumstances are and whatever lessons we're learning. And if we are self-reflective enough to look at those lessons and think about how you can help other people Uh, get past whatever they've got going on but you know it's not not for everybody I mean I wouldn't say everybody should be a coach for instance because there's a lot of bad coaches out there and you know they think they know people but not really Uh, but where I come from is like I have lived so much of the experiences that I share with my clients and uh, you know understand some of these issues most of these issues in fact that they bring to me uh, you know, around their inability to communicate, or they're trying to get past self-doubt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the biggest fear is not being good enough, and, and how do you you deal with that one? You know, I've done all of that stuff right. in terms of understanding it. So, I, yeah, to, long answer on this, but I uh, very hard to say. If I hadn't had the background I had, what would I have done with my life? It's a very right. good question from that point of view. Yeah. Um, but at this stage of the game, I have absolutely no clue.
0: Right. Your siblings, since you were the eldest, did uh, did your si- siblings, did you have to coach them or kind of uh, help them through the fear uh, because you got the, the most of it in the brunt of them? Did they have to experience it also?
1: No. Well, that, the, the, I had two brothers below me and the middle brother. Uh, he got beaten up fairly regularly, too, mm-hmm. although I... I don't seem to remember it as much as I did, um, and then we had a severely uh, at the time we called it severely retarded uh, brother who uh, was the baby in the family. Okay, and that was a major burden right there because you know working class family mm-hmm. with a child who couldn't speak, couldn't walk, couldn't talk, uh, you know had really very little function. Uh, mm-hmm and And needed com- you know constant care, right. uh, plus you know parents who had to go out to work regularly. So I became caretaker for that child at a very early mm-hmm. age, around about seven, okay uh, where I had to come home and take care of him. So the you know helping them pass their fears, no, I mean I, I have no memory of of that particular piece, although I do remember lying in bed at night and and hoping that nobody was was coming in in a mood. Um, and, you know, we would we'd be at the, the brunt of it. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty and, yeah. and feeling of safety mm-hmm. uh, wasn't present, put it that way.
0: Let me ask you this. So with the, your, your siblings and what you went through, the, 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 the question of fear, what have you found? So coaching and dealing with people are some of the biggest myths concerning fear.
1: Well, first of all, fear is imagination-based.
0: Okay, okay. The is, is, that, is that the, is that the uh, what's it said the uh, false?
1: Both expectations appearing real. Yeah, okay. okay. So if okay. we take that point of view and we say fear is imagination-based, it's the stories that we tell ourselves in order to deal with our uncertainty, with our anxiety, with our worries. And frequently it's, it's based on future thinking you know, if I'm sitting in the present and then my future is not looking terribly good and I'm building the worst case scenarios, you know, helping people to understand how to think more positively is a big piece of moving out of fear. But I always like to say with fear, ask yourself, is it true? Are you, you know, what is the threat? Is it a physical threat? Uh, And if it's a physical threat, then it's real. If it's something that is you know, I'm gonna lose my job or my bank account's gonna be empty or my relationship is gonna end. Do you have empirical evidence for that? If you don't have empirical evidence, then it's just a story that you're telling yourself. So you have to, again, think of it, fear is an emotion, just like anger or sadness. And so the question then becomes, how long do you wanna hang on to that? You know, because too many people build their lives around their fears. Right. And or their anxiety or their their angers or whatever it is, you know. But once you come to understand that it's a piece, mm-hmm. then you have an option. You do something about it.
0: Uh, uh, Jacqueline, one of the great well, one of the two greatest things I think from personal experience and, and dealing with people that people fear is either the fear of the unknown or the fear of failure. And you know uh, your your uh, title, The Fearless Factor at Work. What is The Fearless Factor? How can people overcome the fear of the unknown and the fear of failure by applying what what, what The Fearless Factor is? Tell us more about The Fearless Factor.
1: So The Fearless Factor is very simple. It's about being fearless is not the absence of fear, but it's the courage to take the next step. That's all it is. Okay. So when somebody says to me, you know, I've always been fearless. That's terrific. That means that you're always in action. You're always ready to take the next step. You're not gonna allow circumstances to hold you back. But when people come to me and they say, I'm stuck. Well, you're stuck because you're not taking the next step. Even if it's a small step, it can be as as tiny as you want it to be. But you've gotta be able to move the needle somewhat in order to move past it so being fearless is not the absence of fear fear is a normal emotion we all have it from time to time but having the courage which is the other side of fear you have to be able to balance them out to take that next step and i like to say in my tagline be fearless see where it gets you all right because that really is my point you know it's like take that next step where's it going to take you right you know and are you willing to present yourself with an image of somewhere good
0: somewhere
1: bad because if you're going to go somewhere bad well then you're still in your fear uh, position and you know most people have what i call uptown fear problems
0: Okay.
1: And the other up- um, problems, uh, the fear problems are that most people have a comfortable home and a reasonably comfortable job. You know, mm-hmm. they've got mm-hmm. enough money to pay their bills and so forth. Um, and they can raise their family and so forth. And circumstances will always come in and, and disrupt our whatever quiet we might have in our life. Like last year was a tremendous blow to so many people. True. Uh, but when I talk about the Uptown Fearless problems, it's, it's really self-generated stuff. Okay, and It's to do with our thinking, and our thinking drives our behavior. And if our behavior is not showing up to the highest levels of, of what we are and who we want to be and how we wish to be in the world, um, then you have to question it. And a lot right. of this work is about self-reflection. Okay. You can ask yourself hard questions. All of my books are filled with hard questions powerful questions because if you don't sit and ask yourself these questions, you know, people always come to me and go, I'm looking for answers. Well, you've got the answers. Right. To to ask the right questions. Ask the
0: right questions. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you do you think that uh because you two things you made me think of. One of the things you made me think of I'm I'm a man of faith and there's a biblical character named Joshua. And when uh, Moses, his leader, died, uh, the the Bible tells us that God told Joshua about three times, fear not, be of good courage. And it's kind of what you're saying is, you know, he knew Joshua had a big task. And you're saying, look, uh, it's not the absence of fear. It's, hey, fear's there. You can't let it paralyze you or or handicap you. And I think, uh, is that where, Uh, where uh, you one of the things one of the questions uh, I have is uh, how do fear limit our potential is that part of that where people let fear paralyze them or allows them to uh, not take a step not move and just be inactive.
1: Yeah, I mean, the biblical quote is is right on, you know, fear not, find the courage. Right. You know, I mean, that's exactly what I'm, I'm talking about. Right. And th- thanks for reminding me of that biblical quote. But, uh, you know, there's no new ideas in the universe, frankly. I think that, you know, we all have different ways of packaging it. And putting right. <laughs> it out there. But, um, yeah, if you're choosing to live in fear, and you are choosing to live your life with limitations you're choosing to hide and and keep yourself in a negative state of mind. And as long as you're telling yourself negative stories uh, about you know things that could go wrong, things that might be going wrong or people that might do you injustices and so forth. I mean, um, why do you think that there are so much insecurity uh, mm-hmm. in individuals? Right. And that's, that's really what that's about. You know, They can't see around the corner, frankly. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely feel that we all have a tremendous potential to bring our whole selves out into the world, to shine in the world, to really bring that light of who we are as human beings to right. the world um but too many people tell themselves the the wrong kind of stories you know i'm not good enough i'm not capable i'm stupid i'm this i'm that. you know i did it for years Mm -hmm. i I didn't think i i amounted to anything because my dad told me for years i would never i never amount to anything and i believed him yeah Uh, and so my famous story is you know standing in a room full of fbi agents and and telling this story about my dad and, and fear and so forth and when I looked up at the ceiling, so I said, so what do you think now, Dad? You know, did I amount to much? You betcha. You right. yep. <laughs> but it took work. And that's right. the other thing about this. People are lazy. And okay. I say this with passion. Mm-hmm. People are lazy. Right. So it means I've got to really sit down and think about this stuff. It means mm-hmm. I've really got to make the effort to change things. Oh, well, it feels like it's hard work. Well, damn right, it's hard work. Right. But if you're not prepared to do the work, then you'll just sit in your own stuff and, you know, kind of, as my mother would say, God help you, you know.
0: Right. So, Jacqueline, you, you said something, and, and and I lost my thought, but I, I I got it back. You said something, Americans, we in America, uh, and, and and I'm... I'm implying, you tell me if I'm incorrect, if I heard this correctly. Americans uh, have fear that's really irrational, like the house, the car, the job, whereas you may go to a third world country, they have legitimate fears. They may not know where their uh, uh, next meal's coming. And, and, and we bring these fears that uh, really uh, are not real fears, per se, uh, because of the things that we we feel we're gonna miss out am i am i hearing that correctly
1: certainly that there's a big piece of that in the united states we're very status conscious you know we're very much about what you know material things that we have right um and so from a spiritual point of view none of that really matters because Trump. ultimately it comes down to who do you feel uh, as a human being and are you bringing gifts to the world or are you you're taking it away from the world? Right. Uh, even in this country, you know, we don't need to go to a third world country to find food insecurity. We don't sure. need to go to a third world country to see that people are actually living in fear because there's just not enough of the fundamental aspects of what it takes to live a life um, for various reasons. You know, it could be right. an immigrant to you know, has to depend on day work. So, you know, he's got a family to feed or she's got a family to feed and she has to travel three hours across the, the city on a bus every day uh, mm-hmm. in both directions in order to, to pick up a few dollars in order to feed her family. These are real fears. Right. You should never ever underestimate them or, or make light of them. Right. Uh, but I'm, what I'm talking about here and the kind of people that I get to work with, these are privileged people. Okay. These are people whose, whose lives are somewhat regular for the most part. You know, okay. they got a job, they've got a house, they've got this. And yeah, they might be feeling like their bank account is a bit on the light side. But success is not di- dictated by the things that we have in life.
0: You say that again?
1: Success is not dictated by the things we have in life. Thank you. Success is dictated by who? how do I feel about myself as an individual? Mm -hmm. Am I bringing myself fully to the experience of my life? And am I in some way giving back to humanity, to the world, giving some kind of contribution? It's not just about me, it's about the we. And I think too many times in this country's history, there's been a lot of me conversations and not enough we conversations.
0: Agreed, agreed. How can we become more fearless at work, but also in life? How can we become more fearless?
1: So being fearless again, remember I said it's about taking the next step. Mm -hmm. And at work, we have to really think about, you know, what are we doing at work? Are we keeping our heads down and just getting on with it because that's what's expected. Mm -hmm. Are we putting up with other people's bad behavior because that's what's expected? Are we staying silent when we should actually be having a voice in the conversation in order to contribute to the organization or your department or your team or whatever the case may be. So look at yourself in terms of where am I holding back at work? Where am I not showing up fully you know how do we become more authentic we become more authentic when we become more honest with ourselves and too many times people go to work and they put a mask on it's like i'm showing up now as the person you want me to be i've got a certain kind of a job and these are the expectations of how i'm going to perform that job but a lot of people are living lives of quite desperation they may not love their job Right. They may not love their bosses. They may not even like the company they're working for, but they got health benefits and it keeps the food on the table roof over the head and gas in the car. So from that point of view, you're living what I call a half shelf life. You know, you're, right. you're not actually fully present to it. So what does it look like when you're fully present? Well, it's that fearless thing of I'm going to challenge myself to speak up. I'm gonna challenge myself to ask questions. I'm gonna challenge myself to have an opinion at work. And when I'm in a feedback situation where it's all negative, and frequently Mm -hmm. that's the case, is how can we turn this around into a mutual conversation? I spend a lot of time teaching managers how to do feedback with their direct reports. And it's not about telling them what to do, it's about asking questions and digging a little bit deeper. And finding out that you know there are ways for you to work together and get the results you're looking for, but you've got to understand each other's point of view in order to collaborate effectively.
0: You you really open up something, and uh, we may have to uh, come back uh, because I can go, uh, uh, Jacqueline, a long time with this. So so you really made me think about something when you say, speak up at work. So. So what I'm what I'm trying to ask is, do you think many people, uh, and it, it could be whatever it is. I know I one, one job that I worked worked at. I was very vocal. Uh, later on, when I left, some of the assistant managers, and after they had left, they told me that there was a. a plan to get rid of some of us a couple of reasons we were senior we made more money uh, but also I was very vocal I wasn't being negative or uh, evil but I would just bring out things for an example uh, here's one of the examples so when I first started with the company they gave us reward points and these were war points you could uh, for sales and you could take them and buy certain things. And I bought a bookcase. I still have right now this computer is sitting on that bookcase. Uh, I bought uh, a stereo system, still have the stereo system on Xbox, one of the original Xbox. So I bought a lot of those. So one month I got 15,000 points. So years later, they merged with another company, they have a contest, they give 200 points. I'm saying, I'm not motivated for 200 points after 90 days when I have gotten 15,000 points. So they felt like that I was causing more problems because I you know, mentioned that to some of the people and I'm just speaking up. And so uh, I said all that to say this, is it people are afraid to speak up, they allow fear because they are afraid that they may, be, they may lose their job or retaliation or demotion or uh, things like that. Is that what the, what we oh, see a lot? De-
1: of- there's definitely that that piece there. You know, it's like, um, you know, you could lose your job. Yeah, you could find yourself retaliated against, you know, but what you're dealing with is other people's fears there. Right. It's not that they're any better than you are. It's right. not that you have anything more than you have. Right. basically their reaction is probably fear-based right I've a lot of behavioral assessments 360 behavioral assessments and i can tell you that a lot of the styles of behavior that we look at you can find fear-based at the bottom of it you right. know somebody who's too aggressive there's there's usually some fear involved if you find somebody who's very approval driven there's usually fear involved if you find people who are avoiding making decisions there's usually fear involved. So, you know, we look at most organizations and, and the fact of the matter is many of them are fear-based organizations. It's from the top down, do as I say, not, not as you wish to do or wish to participate and just get on with the job. But what they don't understand is that, you know, what all companies have in common is people. And what are the challenges that all companies have in, in, in common? People. People. And so if you learn how to respect your people and really bring them the fruits of their labor in return for appreciation and recognition and so on and so forth, you'll get a whole lot more loyalty, you'll get a whole lot more work out of people, at least, you know, performance that you can be proud of, rather than feeling like, yeah, well, why the hell should I bother, you know, right. right. get paid for this um and, and there's no incentives there that's what it is and, you know we talk about psychological safety in the workplace i touch on that and the fearless factor at work and that's part of it if i don't feel psychologically safe i'm mm-hmm. not gonna open up
0: right true and you and you said something was very 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 powerful you said a lot of powerful things okay so uh, but but th- even this one really got my attention you said uh management Instead of telling people, they should ask more questions. And if they start asking questions and listen to the answers, they would get more efficient and more production because the people are well. I'm heard now, and all they got to do is ask. And but like you said, they just tell people instead of just asking the questions and listening. That's that's
1: yeah. Powerful. I mean, human being wants to be seen and heard true you know we don't want to be ignored and we want to be heard now one of the things that i also teach is how to listen properly most people are listening with with one ear and the other ear is is you know the person talking to themselves about what they want to say next right what we call level one listening but when you're really listening, you're also listening to what's not being said. That's true. You're, you're really digging into, you know, I'm hearing that this might be bothering you. So mm-hmm. can you tell me more about that? Mm-hmm. Or use a phrase like help me understand because I'm not getting the whole picture here. Right. And don't jump to conclusions. Don't have assumptions about what you think is going on with people, but test it out ask the questions to find out am i right or wrong here and you know give them the opportunity to say yeah you might be off base and help them feel secure in saying you know i've been watching what has been going on here and it's been really difficult oh so rather than get defensive well what do you mean by that um oh okay so can you give me more information on that maybe right. there's something we can do here that would change that up right. now, for someone to be able to do that, there needs to be a high level of self-awareness. You have to know who you are in order to feel comfortable having those types of conversations, which is really what my work is all about. Right. I help people become much more self-aware. Gotcha. Develop the emotional intelligence skills that allows them to have those types of conversations with other people and also to break through their own barriers, their limited beliefs and the ways in which they... don't take the next step. That's, that's, you know, what I do. I encourage people.
0: Jacqueline, a lot of things that you, you just said there, uh, can even apply to like married couples, you know, you know, and so, do you work with couples or you just work strictly with with the workplace or or, or what is your you do both I
1: primarily work with entrepreneurs and people in the workplace and I love (laughs) working with manager director level individuals because they're the ones who really want to be good leaders Mm -hmm. and they need the training in order to do that so that's that's part of my passion but to your point you know, all of this is human relationships.
0: It is. So it
1: doesn't matter where you are, whether you're at home or whether you're at work, it's the same issues. I've been married for 41 years, okay? A blessing. 41 years. And if anybody had told us at the beginning that it was going to be till death is due part, we would have said, yeah, right, maybe. <laughs> and we had many, many occasions where we had to learn how to communicate more effectively. Right. Yeah. and understand that sometimes it wasn't all about me and sometimes True. it wasn't all about him but it was about what we were doing together True. that was, was causing the friction
0: right that's awesome uh jacqueline 41 years i have 30 I and mean, my wife have 30 in september so i it understand is. thank yeah. you so uh but what, what i was going to uh, ask uh, here i got a couple other questions but i but i thought about something when you said uh the workplace oh i know what it was so do you have a lot of pushback when you come in and you start presenting this do you have a lot of pushback with men because here come a woman trying to tell a man how to have better communications and relationships oh
1: yeah i've had i've had uh, people who brought me in to do some work with them mm-hmm. They didn't like me at all. and You know, I'm very upfront about this. I say I'm right. not for everybody.
0: Right. Because
1: I'm really a no BS person. And right. Because I'm very direct in my communication. I tend to, to, see, to call it how I see it. And, right. You know, it's either going to land with you or it's not going to land with you. And if right. it doesn't land with you, then that's okay. You can keep going doing what you're doing. I mean, right. I've, I've got no investment in it. But I can just tell you that after, you know, all, my six decades plus of, of being in this world, mm-hmm. I can recognize BS when I see it because I had right. a whole my own at one point. You know? Right.
0: Um, well, have you ever had someone where, you know, they, they were resistant, reluctant, and then you were straight and direct, and they changed and say, yeah, we'll work with you. Okay, awesome.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, once they, you know, just as we've done in this conversation, I like to say that I I have a lot of common sense. Mm -hmm. Common sense is not a lot of common practice.
0: right? (laughs) When
1: I come in, I'm basically just calling it how I see it and I'm talking common sense. And if listening, they'll go, yeah, you're right. You know, I understand these are the, the challenges. So how do we address them? I am not your standard corporate person. Never will be, never wanted to be frankly. Um, but I do know human behavior, as you said at the introduction. Uh, I have studied it from a very, very early age. Mm -hmm. um, It's fascinating, and I love seeing the messiness of being human because we're all messy.
0: Last uh, question I have. Uh, What are some easy win steps our listeners can take to live more fearlessly? Can't even say the word. What are some easy wins? E-
1: so the easy, easy wins for living fearlessly is very simple. When you're faced with a challenge and you feel like there's nowhere to go, look at that challenge and find the slightest crumb of possibility in it and go there. Just go there. You know, even if it's simply to, you know, Close down your, 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 you know, you've been working too hard. Close your, your laptop and go spend time with your family. Yeah. You know, I, I've had clients who were workaholics and they ended up getting divorced because they didn't spend enough time with their family. You're right. So you look for that small thing that you can do and then build on that small thing over and over and over again until suddenly it's not an issue anymore but that's, you know, it's like when people say to me, how do I get to be more confident? Well, you can say fake it till you make it, but it's really about just keep taking the steps forward and maybe steps back. Mm -hmm. Keep taking the forward momentum and things will change.
0: Awesome. Well, Jacqueline, I have enjoyed this interview. I have enjoyed this conversation. I've learned some things. I've got some quotes here. Uh, And I really, really appreciate uh, any final thoughts, uh, anything you want to share, one last thing you want to share with my audience.
1: So, again, I'm going to say one very simple thing. Be fearless. See where it gets you. And remember, being fearless is not the absence of fear, but it's the courage to take the next step. I'm always going to come back to that because there's really not much more I can say about it. Right. If you want to get stuck, then have at it. Right. But you don't have to be stuck. If you're willing to look at the hard stuff, I make different choices.
0: True. Very true. Now, Jacqueline, tell my audience how they can connect with you, how they can find you.
1: So if you go to my website, the fearless factor at work.com, you'll find all kind of information on there. And uh, if you need my help for anything, then feel free to reach out. You can contact me again from the website, the fearless factor at work.
0: Thank you, Jack. Jacqueline. Well, uh, my tribe, my community. Thank you for uh, again listening to this episode with Jacqueline Wales. Uh, I appreciate her taking time out of a busy schedule to come and have this interview with me. Uh, when this uh, podcast is uh, uh, posted, please download it and, and go back and go to her website. She has some uh, great information. Uh, we didn't. We just covered a fraction of a lot of the things that she's done, her books and and everything. And I want to just thank everybody for listening. Thank you again, Jacqueline, for coming uh, and doing this interview. I hope uh, everyone have a, a great day and an awesome rest of the week. Thank you.